Welcome to week 5 of Counseling 506 and this first lecture on the subject, the use of the Bible in Christian counseling. Using the Bible is both a necessity and an obligation if we're calling ourselves Christian counselors. The following are some key scriptures for use of the Bible in counseling. Not whether we should use the scripture, but in what way should scripture be used under what circumstances with which clients. In other words, it's always a mistake to simply decide ahead of time that we have a certain view of the authority of the scripture and that we love and trust the Bible as a foundation for our lives, so we're going to use it in the same way at all times, in all places, with all clients. That's not at all a very sensitive or professional or even godly way to use the scriptures. The scriptures are the living word, the Logos, the word of God for all people, for all time. But the scriptures also contain a rhema, a personal living word to each person. This is a way we help God in being conduits through which God can act in a personal way to give a personal word to those clients we counsel. So the question is, in what ways should scripture be used under what circumstances with which clients? The next three questions correlate well with McMinn's earlier map for effective Christian counseling. First, where does the scripture fit in building a healthy sense of client? There are many scriptures that speak to the sense of self, both in a healthy sense and in an unhealthy or fallen sense of self, a selfishness with which people often struggle. Scripture tells us in the great commandment about loving others as we love ourselves. This is an important biblical principle in order to have a healthy sense of self. Next, how do we use the scripture to nurture a healthy sense of need in the client? How can we help the client see that they are not a sufficient person in and of themselves? They need God. They need God's word. And they need God's forgiveness. Then, how do we use the scripture to build healing relationships? In what ways do our clients need to know about the grace of God, about reconciliation, about the very specific purpose God has for their lives? And then this fifth question, why am I using the scripture in this way at this time? This has to do with counselors' self-awareness. Are we using the scripture like this because we have carefully discerned that it's in the best interest of the client or because this is the way we always do things. Perhaps if you really get honest about your motives in using scripture, you may find you're not willing to explore other means. The Bible is one of the greatest resources we have, but we must be sure we're not using it for the wrong reasons or motives. Eric Johnson has written about the influence of the Bible on Christian counseling and has identified at least nine ways in which the scriptures have an impact on what you do as a Christian counselor. First, the Bible has an influence in a foundational way. For those who revere and trust the Bible as the source of our core beliefs and as the guide for life and practice, it is foundational. It provides our worldview, our presuppositions. Second, 
The Bible has an experiential influence in counseling. It is through the Bible that we can look at our experiences and ask, what does this mean? Why did this happen? What purpose does this experience serve? These are often the questions that our clients have. Not so much to say, this happened to me, but to say, why did this happen to me? What did this mean? Next, the Bible provides a context for answering questions. It gives a contextual purpose, an understanding of what the world is like. When people are wondering, what kind of world do I live in? Or when we're trying to understand the nature of human beings, the Bible offers a context for understanding nature and people. Then the Bible is axiological which is a term that refers to the moral or ethical life. The Bible provides a moral program. It defines what is right and wrong. It gives a universal standard for ethical behavior. This is especially important in our present world where so many people have a relativistic worldview. They're not really sure what is right and wrong. They're not so much immoral as they are amoral. And then the Bible is anthropological. Johnson states that scripture provides a meta-narrative of humanity, meaning it tells the big story of how all of us yearn to feel a sense of belonging, to feel that we're not the only ones who are going through problems. This is especially true when we're having very painful and problematic experiences. The Bible shows the big picture, stretching from the beginning in Genesis to the end of all things in the book of Revelation. The Bible talks about the common experience we humans have as created beings. Next, the Bible is canonical. It provides a standard of measure for the truth. The scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ brought us grace and truth. And that is a fundamental doctrine of belief for Christians. In Christ, we have the personification and embodiment of truth. This is a very important consideration in today's context in which the truth is seen as being a personal choice, which true for me is not necessarily true for you, and vice versa. The Bible provides a standard for all of this. And then the Bible provides a dialogical influence. It is a resource for discussion and comparison with psychology. We should not forget that psychological theories and constructs are human theories and constructs. Often, clients have trouble distinguishing between human and psychological theories and ultimate truth. The Bible provides a resource for talking about and comparing those kinds of theoretical issues and allows us to dialogue with people about truths that are universal and timeless on which they can build their lives. Next, the Bible is creative, a resource for exploring concepts beyond psychology. Finally, and most importantly, the Bible is transformative. It is the living Word of God from which we can become new creations. It is through the Bible that God is always working to heal and change us 
from the inside out. Since there's such a broad influence that the Bible has on counseling, how do we go about using such a powerful tool? Stanton Jones has given us four strategies that allow us to use the Bible at various levels. One of the obvious ways to use the Bible is to derive techniques directly from the Bible. As an example, if we are working on issues of guilt, we can remember that in Paul's letter to the Philippians, he speaks directly about issues of guilt. He says this, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As another example, in the Gospel of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaks directly about issues of resentment and forgiveness. He says in Matthew 6:14-15, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. In a third example, Jesus tells the parable of the rich fool in the twelfth chapter of Luke. He addresses issues of greed and money worries that had been raised by a person in the crowd. These three stories are just a few examples of the ways the Bible directly addresses human problems. To draw upon those and to apply them in counseling situations can be very helpful when you're dealing with clients who are open to the Bible. For many people, their Bible knowledge is so minimal that the most frequent reaction of clients is one of surprise. They were unaware that the Bible is such a practical and powerful book on these kinds of day-to-day -day issues and dynamics. A second way to use the Bible in counseling is to draw upon principles that are found in Scripture. Not necessarily direct quotes, but therapeutic principles that are there. For instance, many people trained in the object relations theory believe in the idea of dreams and that there is a value in analyzing the dreams of their clients as a way of help, helping them to access subconscious issues. This can be seen as a values-neutral technique that is supported in Scripture. Remember all the guidance that came from God in the form of dreams to biblical characters? Joseph received a number of dreams. Daniel received messages from God in dreams. Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus, received a dream to leave Israel and go to Egypt, and on and on and on. Next, how often did Jesus take his disciples on a personal retreat away from the pressures of life to pray and reflect on God's work in their lives as they walked from town to town? So the notion of using a personal retreat as a therapeutic technique is another example of a principle supported in Scripture. Jesus also used small groups as a strategy of working with a very limited number of people, twelve in particular. And among those twelve, there was an even smaller circle of three whom he befriended in a particular way to disciple and to build them up. The power of small groups is a principle found in Scripture. A third level of strategic use of the Bible would be to engage in practices that are consistent with biblical principles. For example, we can use the empty chair technique 
to help clients deal with grief or relational conflicts they've had in their lives, or to help them express deep, powerful feelings in a way that is not threatening, or inviting clients to take part in role play is another example. These are values-neutral techniques that are in no way inconsistent with the Bible. And the fourth level in using the Bible really has to do more with what not to do in counseling, which is to avoid counseling techniques that are inconsistent with Scripture. For instance, a Christian Bible-believing counselor would never encourage a client to engage in sexual sin as a therapeutic technique, or to take revenge against someone who has hurt them, or intentionally engage in selfish, self-centered behavior that will hurt themselves or their families. As we reviewed it last week, two of the columns found in the Metamorph Grid are labeled Spiritual Formation Principles and Biblical References. These columns provide a resource for including the Bible in your counseling work. To the extent that their level of faith will permit it, it is important to have our clients involved in biblical reasoning. If we're working with a Christian client, it is a key principle for growth in their life. What often happens for those who are immature in the faith is to compartmentalize the Bible and the faith resources in their lives. The Bible is not used for understanding and reasoning about life, but is kept out of the counseling sessions while secular ways of reasoning about problems are used instead. So an important resource we can use with Christian clients is to help them learn to reason biblically about their problems. The biblical reference section of the grid gives you some beginning scriptures for doing just that, depending on the area of human functioning you're dealing with. You simply go to that section related to the area of functioning and you will find some appropriate verses. This column also gives you some resources for encouraging clients to meditate upon the scriptures and to memorize certain key verses as a way of correcting their faulty thinking and beliefs. One of the most powerful processes in human functioning, for good or for bad in our lives, has to do with our self-talk, with our habitual ways of thinking. Often, when a person is having problems big enough to require counseling, their normal ways of thinking are quite faulty and distorted. Early on in the counseling process, it is important to help your clients identify their areas of a habitual faulty thinking and beliefs. As an example, remember the verses that speak of the demons that were driven from a man, but then returned worse than they had been before because they found the place empty and clean? It's very important that clients be guided to replace their faulty thinking and beliefs with more positive and wholesome and healing ways of thinking. The Biblical Reference Column also provides you with an axiological reference, or standards in the Bible for right and wrong, and a canonical reference, which is the standards for truth. Many of our clients' questions regarding what they're struggling with are moral issues. Perhaps they have felt wronged by another person, or perhaps they are engaging in wrongdoing. Perhaps they're not sure what the right thing to do in a situation is. They have come to us for help, 
So having biblical references are good beginning places to provide standards to help guide our clients. The last use of the column is related to you. Your life as a counselor is to promote your intrapersonal formation. If you are going to be counseling other people as your ministry, the number one preparation is your own formation in the Spirit of Christ. Your careful study and meditation upon Scripture is one of the key resources you have, informing yourself about the Spirit of Christ. And then, in your clinical practice, as you're spending time thinking and praying for clients, to use the metamorph grid as a way of focusing upon some biblical references that will help you to think about your clients in biblical terms. Have you ever noticed that often our temptation always comes in relation to our strengths? We're never tempted to do something that we're not capable of doing. And the Bible is such a strong resource in counseling that there's a temptation to misuse it. Now I want to point to five potential problems in using the Bible in counseling. A first problem has to do with professional identity issues. Many times people come into counseling, even to Christian counseling, after other resources have failed. You'll have clients come to you who have been to church and have even talked to the pastor, who have listened to sermons over and over, and have found that it just wasn't enough or it just wasn't helpful at all. So they'll come to you, a professional counselor. And if you just use the Bible with them, from their perspective, you're no different than the other resources they've already tried that failed them. They may say, hey, I thought you were a counselor. Why are you not counseling me? I didn't come here just for you to read the Bible to me. I can do that myself. So it's very important to be aware of what your client's expectations are and to understand how your use of the Bible fits in with your professional identity. A second potential trap is to use the Bible in a preachy way where you do all the talking and where the Bible is used in an overbearing way, preventing rather than promoting dialogue with your clients. A third potential problem is using the Bible as a smokescreen to stay in your safe zone. As a Bible-believing Christian, you know you can count on the Word of God, and you know what it says is true. But this can also be a trap. You could use it as an excuse for failing to meet your clients where they are, or to not venture into those areas where you just do not know what to say or do, and you must trust the Holy Spirit to guide you. So you use the Bible to create a buffer zone away from areas you are uncomfortable dealing with. Then there is less chance for risky things to happen, such as the client crying, or just pouring out their feelings, or becoming very angry, or engaging in other unpredictable behavior. The fourth potential problem has to do with overconfidence. Overconfidence is always a trap. We know we can count on God's Word, but we must be very careful about always counting on ourselves. The Bible, in its application, is an interpretive process. So we have to be very careful to not just slap a Bible verse onto someone's problems, 
or make a comment on something because we are sure the Bible supports us without reflecting on the context of the verse. We have to show some wisdom and humility, not overconfidence. The fifth potential problem is over-reliance on the Bible. This may sound strange since we as Christians depend on God's living word in our lives, but it's quite possible to rely excessively on the Bible in counseling when other strategies may be more helpful to the client at that moment. This is one of the reasons that you have been provided the Metamorph Integrative Counseling Grid. You are given some biblical resources, but also on the same page, you have references to counseling theories and psychological techniques that are used in a way that conform to the Word of God in the healing of God's people. Now look over again what you have learned about using the Bible in counseling, and please keep reviewing the Metamorph Grid to become as familiar as possible with this excellent tool.